You know what I was thinking about just yesterday? So I was thinking like the twilight the Twilight vampires, mm-hmm. right? The Cullens, they are all at least a century years yeah. old, right? Over a hun- they've lived a hundred years. I'm just thinking <laughs> if I was a vampire, I don't think I would choose to live as a high school student. <laughs> like I think that is a major plot flaw. Like you're telling I, me they chose to live in a rainy location? Well, the rainy location made sense, though, because their skin, you know, brightened up on um, in the sun. So that made sense. But in terms of the high school, I feel like there might have been an explanation for that, but I don't remember. Okay, well, maybe... Well, obviously, in the movies, like, the actors and actresses they picked, they look much older. But I think in the book, they probably did look like they were in high school. Yeah, but they could have passed off as, like, college students if they wanted to. And, you know, Carlisle has been a doctor for centuries, right? Like, a millennium. (laughs) Like, the dude clearly is wealthy, so they could live anywhere they wanted to. Yeah. So you you would become a college student. I think that would be much better than living as a high schooler no at the same time they don't don't even have to go to college they could just have their high school diplomas and just not have to go to school and just do whatever they want but i guess okay Mm. in the vampire world right they couldn't just go to college because you need a high school degree to go to college so then they but then so if they outlive their diploma then they have to get a new one. Does it make sense? Mm, and it probably takes... It's a much like harder process to actually get into college and there's more background checking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So but remember that easier. scene... Remember that scene, I, probably in the first movie, where she shows up to his house for the first time and there's just this collection of graduation <laughs> caps. So it's like, they've done this so many times. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you guys right. couldn't think of anything better, really? I guess we could start getting into this episode. So this episode, we wanted to talk about dreaming. Um, A good portion of it, we will talk about lucid dreaming. It's always been something that I was very fascinated by. I've done like a good deal of lucid dreaming when I was younger. Nowadays, not so much. But have you had any experience with lucid dreaming? Yeah, I've tried some tactics to induce lucid dreaming before. Like there's specific things you can do, such as keeping a dream journal or um, if you apparently like if you lay down and just like stay motionless at some point, your body's going to fall asleep. But then your mind will still be kind of wired up to enable you to lucid dream. All of that I've tried didn't work, but for some reason, my last year of college, like the second semester, senior year, was the first time I began to lucid dream. And <laughs> I don't know what it was about that house. It was definitely really weird, but I also had like sleep paralysis at that semester too. So mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe it was like all the stimulus from just being in college, maybe my diet had to do something with it. But yeah, I was, I was having a lot of weird situations with sleeping. And so I don't, I might have told you about this first time that I had lucid dreamt, but it was a nested dream. So a dream within a dream, within a dream, within a dream. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll just tell you the entire situation. So it starts out with me at a friend's house or apartment. And it was just, we were celebrating something. It was a party, but all of a sudden I felt that I was being antagonized. Like 
I felt a lot of anxiety storming up inside of me for some mm. reason. Like I felt like something was off. And I guess when I became a bit more aware that this doesn't feel normal to me and it seemed like everyone was staring at me and I knew that, oh, this is a dream. It's not real. And I'm not sure if I induced this or perhaps all that tension made me nauseous or something, but then I, I began to puke and I wouldn't stop puking. Like it was a very uncomfortable situation. Like, cause I, I physically felt myself like, like retching out like yeah. whatever substance. Right. And it kept going and eventually, eventually that ended. And then I had woken up next to my boyfriend but this was level two, right? So my boyfriend was sitting upright, staring at a wall. And he looked at me with a soulless, deathly gaze. Uh-huh. Once again, I knew that this was not a normal situation. I was dreaming once more. And I decided like, oh, I have to escape somehow. But the room was a square without any doors. So I was basically caged in. And just like how I had started puking the first time, I, th- I think I started crying. Like, whatever I was doing, I, f- I knew, like, I had to make it super intense to escape that mm-hmm. that dream world or, like, that level of the dream. So, like, I kept crying, but it was very painful. Like, I could physically feel my heart breaking for some reason. Like, uh-huh. it was a super uncomfortable situation that I was being put in. But eventually, I woke up in a field. Now, this was, like, a normal Friday night on College Ave. So, like... People were coming and going, but then once, but at some point it started to dwindle down and became a very eerie silence that I was experiencing. I didn't see anyone around and a group of guys walked by and started catcalling me and I became very scared, of course. Mm -hmm. And, but, and then, so I, I saw a girl in the field and so I had ran up to her hoping to find some assurance, I suppose, but then she turned around and flashed me, like her tits out and everything. And then she's like, "Yeah, you want to suck on these?" <laughs> and so I don't know, I don't know how I got out of that situation. But then I ended up in this next level of the dream, another false awakening. But well, this wait, wait, time pause. it was. Did you know you were dreaming this whole entire time or not yet? So. <laughs> when she like flashed her tits out at me i didn't i don't yeah. think i realized it was a dream at that point but uh, eventually i did like i think Close. for each level okay. i started to get more and more aware yeah. and then the situation started to get weird and weirder until finally i reached this last part of this nested dream where i am now in this dream room or like it was an all white mm-hmm. laboratory essentially to create dreams that that's what the the gist of it was like I was seeing people come and go from who I've seen in the previous levels of the dreams it's kind of like they were actors right and I was like walking with this lady who was dressed up like xenon she was basically telling me yeah like this is like our dream simulation like we just like provide (laughs) people dreams (laughs) and so that really I I woke up after that like it really messed me up (laughs) Yeah. And I I got, like, super interested in, like, learning more about, like, dreams and everything. And that's why I was, like, super into, like, dream analysis. Because I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. And this was, like, my first feeling of being aware that I was dreaming. And it was, like, to this extent kind of crazy. Have you ever seen The Matrix? I have, yeah. 
I've only seen the first one and then a half of the second one, but I feel like the movie was like way ahead of its time because it came out like a while back. But I think when people watched that movie at the time, they didn't really think about, I don't know. The world is assimilation. The difference between like the world, like reality and what's not real and stuff like that. But I guess I should have started off the uh the episode actually saying what lucid dreaming is for people who don't know i have i feel like those people do but just like you know dreaming and being aware that you are dreaming but when you're lucid dreaming i feel like you, not everyone can manipulate their dream were you ever able to man- manipulate your dreams oh actually so that's that yeah that's correct i i didn't actually manipulate my dreams. It's more the fact that I was aware and that mm-hmm. the people in my dream knew that I was aware. But I, I've had other instances of lucid dreaming where I was able to fly, which was much more fun. But yeah, this mm-hmm. was like sort of like an introduction to me being more aware that I was dreaming. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull a Kim and I actually wrote down some statistics Ooh. that I never do. <laughs> All right, so... Um, to start off, so there are two different types of sleep cycles that our brain goes through. So there's non-REM sleep and then REM sleep. REM standing for rapid eye movement. Um, so during non-REM sleep, that's when you your brain is slowing down, uh, your heart rate is slowing down, your eye movement is slowing down. But during REM sleep, it becomes more active. And that is actually when you dream and when you lucid dream. Um, uh, there was a 2017 study that said that 51% of individuals experience lucid dreaming at least once in their lifetime, and 20% experience lucid dreaming at least once a month. This was actually really interesting because back in the day, like lucid dreaming wasn't something that I really talked about with people. Um, when I did it a lot, I thought it was just, you know, a thing that people do when they sleep. Um, but I think in college, when I started talking more about it, it's more rare that people have experienced that. But yeah, but spontaneous lucid dreaming, it's a lot more frequent during childhood. Probably because, you know, when you're a child, you're just way more creative and open. And like they've done studies showing like a positive correlation with how open someone is or how creative someone is. It seems like you always have the wildest dreams. I do. And okay, so... I guess talking about my own personal experience, I used to keep a dream journal, um, middle school, high school, and a little bit of the beginning of college, but I stopped. Do I regret it? Mm, I don't know. I don't have my dream journal with me right now. It's with my parents, so I, I, I wish I could like, um, I could have went back through it for this episode, but. Yeah, I always had like very adventurous dreams and it was probably because then like I was playing so many video games, I was watching so many like adventurous TV shows and I noticed that when I do that, like I do have more adventurous dreams. Nowadays, like it's really hard for me to even recall the dreams I have anymore Um, and I noticed that like when I'm a lot more calm in real life I remember my dreams more um actually two two nights ago I distinctly remember I had like three different adventurous dreams 
but I didn't write them down fast enough, so I I like pretty much forgot what happened. But I remember them being like very erratic. Um, but yeah, so honestly, like keeping that dream journal really helped me lucid dream. Um, I don't remember the first time I lucid dreamt, but a lot of them had to do with like um, me being in front of like our middle school, and so I would like make people disappear, make people appear. I would also like fly around and stuff like that. Anything like dealing with superpowers or something like that. And then you would like, I think people have a lot of dreams where, you know, they're being chased. And the times where I knew it was a dream, I would make them disappear. What was your earliest memory of lucid dreaming? Like, do you know how old you were? Um, Middle school. I was standing I it's funny how I still remember this one dream like even though nothing happened um yeah I was standing by myself in front of our middle school and I remember I was walking around I was aware that I was dreaming so this happens to me where when you realize you're dreaming you kind of lose con or your body kind of starts waking up and you start losing. Sometimes some... that happens to me where I semi wake up, like when I'm turning or something, but I'm able yeah. to fall back asleep again and continue lucid dreaming. And continue. Okay. I, whenever I realize um, that I am lucid dreaming, I feel like I have a, like a timer set. Like, all right, you have another couple more seconds before you wake up. Um, a trick. Okay. Wait, let, let me finish your, your question. But I remember I was walking to like the playground and just like making things appear and disappear. But yeah, I don't know why I still remember that dream, even though nothing super exciting happened. But at the time I was like Googling how to like extend your dreams longer or whatever. And I don't remember. Oh, I should I should have Googled it. But what I do back in the day to extend it, I would just like look at the ground and just turn clockwise a couple of times. That it sounds so weird, but it works every single time. So you stare at the ground and you like, and then you turn a couple times while looking at the same spot, and that has extended my dreams for much longer. How did you figure that out? Is that like a trick that you read online or did you just figure I, it yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. I think, dreaming? yeah, something. No, it was a trick that I found online. Um, huh. I think it was, it had to do with like staring at one spot and turning, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember the exact wording of it, but I mean, that's just what I do to extend my dreams. And it's worked every single time. So. So do you feel like your dreams are influenced by external factors? So like you mentioned, if you're gaming a lot, you tend to have more adventurous dreams. Every single time? No. Most of the time, yes. So back to the whole, you know, when people have nightmares with people chasing you, this is like has nothing to do with lucid dreaming. But I used to have a lot of dreams where my parents were chasing me. And they say that like when you have dreams like that, it's because, you know, you have some sort of issue with them that you're trying to run away from. And so my issue was, you know, my parents being too controlling, me just like running away from all of that. But every time I had that dream, like I woke up because they finally caught up to me. But then I don't remember, like one day, maybe like in high school or college, I had a dream where they stopped chasing me. 
I stopped having those dreams where my parents were chasing me. And I think that's when, like, in real life, like, I started standing up for myself, mm. started being more independent. So it, it really reflects um, onto your dreams. Yeah, like, I, I don't remember the last time I had a dream of my parents chasing me. There are also people who believe that dreams are different versions of yourself from different universes, which is something that I can't agree with because I would say like I had a ton of nightmares when I was very young. Like the earliest dream I could remember was actually a nightmare. Like I would have dreams of being kidnapped, of being chased by murderers or being like locked in a room. Uh, very terrifying dreams. And for someone my age, like the, the earliest dream I had of being kidnapped, I was four years old. How do I remember that? Um, I don't know. I guess because it was like so creepy at the time. But yeah, like at, at some point, I believe in high school or towards the end of high school, I stopped having nightmares altogether. But for the longest time, it was just plaguing me. And it's not like anything necessarily was particularly threatening me in in my mm. real life. But I do think kind of how like your body holds on to like anxiety and stress perhaps that mm-hmm. was a way for my brain to like unconsciously tell me like hey something's not right here um with the whole stress and anxiety like i have a decent amount of dreams about my workplace and like certain patients and i think that definitely affects you know when i'm stressed out at work and then they're not nightmares that I have, but it's just funny how much I dream about work because it's such like a prevalent thing in my life. So it, mm-hmm. it, it really reflects on like what you're going through in real life. Oh, I read an interesting fact. So apparently young girls are have frequently more nightmares than young boys. So children like before they reach the age of 10, typically a ton of girls, young girls would have nightmares. And that got me thinking, does that have something to do with intuition, perhaps? Or like, yeah, just like in relation to how like women tend to have better intuition. Yes. Or just women are more in tune with their emotions. And they think about their fears more. And I think maybe that's why it pops Mm. up more often. Yeah, so there was actually this one time, uh, also like my senior year, it was some night out, we weren't sober, we ended up at this crepe shop, it was like me, Mm -hmm. another girlfriend, and a guy friend, and this dude walks in, his hands in his pockets, and Mm -hmm. immediately me and my girlfriend felt like some, we, we were feeling very like dark, I'm gonna say it again, dark energy. Wait, is it, wait, is this a dream or real life? In real life. But okay. I, I was just saying, so, yeah, so we immediately felt, like, some dark presence from this guy. Like, we literally thought he was carrying a gun, and that's why he was fidgeting in his pockets. And so immediately we're like, yeah. we have to go, we have to go. So we pulled our guy friend out, and then and the entire time he's like, what, what, what was that? What was happening? And my friend and I were both like, yeah, we totally felt like that dude was about to shoot up the whole place. And yeah, thankfully, no bad news happened, like, the next day that we knew of um but it was just like a weird feeling like feeling. me and like this other girl felt like something bad yeah, was coming from this dude didn't. but the guy didn't yeah self-awareness 
paranoia and no. whatever you want to call Parano- it <laughs> yeah you, you were just more paranoid <laughs> that's the truth but it, it was um, so it was so good to know that someone else was feeling the exact same feelings as me an, um another personality trait that shows a positive correlation is neurot wait but yeah if i'm pronouncing this word correctly there is also a positive correlation with neuroticism neuroticism um which is like the tendency to feel like more moody and feeling more intense emotions. So I wonder if females, you know, tend to have more lucid dreams than men because we tend to be a little bit more moody. Or I wonder if just people uh, who have crazy imagination are more inclined to have lucid dreams too. um, Yeah, there is a correlation with like creativity and stuff like that. There's actually a lot of benefits in terms of lucid dreaming apparently it helps your motor skills if you're able to lucid dream because it's kind of like visualization like visualizing you during certain actions actually helps you in real life to perform those actions oh yeah Yeah, so improvement in motor skills through visualization which i think is really cool yeah that reminds me i was looking into something called tibetan dream yoga which is the earliest form of eastern lucid dreaming and what that is is Mm -hmm. basically like what differentiates lucid dreaming from dream yoga it's essentially the same thing but with dream yoga it's like you are training your mind and your consciousness Mm -hmm. and so there's this one interesting quote from an article i was reading but basically it says dream yoga is one of the best ways to prepare for death since the mental body we have after death is nearly identical to the mental body we have in our dreams. By bringing the darkness of ignorance into the light of consciousness with dream and sleep yoga, we illuminate and eventually eliminate sleep, dream, and death. Kind of creepy, kind of cool. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought the correlation between sleep and what your mentality is after death, or like if you have any conscious after death, was an interesting connection and apparently they say lucid dreaming helps just like general anxiety as well yeah some researchers call lucid dreaming threat rehearsals like you had mentioned before you can train your mind to appropriately answer to certain or potential threats that might happen i wonder if they do like lucid dreaming therapy probably like some form hypnosis would you consider hypnosis lucid dreaming though? I've never been hypnotized. I don't I, know yeah, how that works. Like we saw that during was it prom in high school? I don't think that shit that was real. <laughs> oh really? There are there is there is um hypnotherapy though, which mm-hmm. I can't say much about because I've never experienced it, but um Oh yeah, have you seen Bling Empire? Because the, no, I. One of the else main ta- dudes. Told me about it too. Yeah, he he went to see a hypnotherapist, and apparently it unlocked a very deep childhood memory. So I suppose it does oh. work for some people. There, one of the dudes on the show was on ABG's podcast recently. I did listen to that one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's the dude like I'm talking about. Me, oh okay, okay, okay. Um, that's making me want to watch the show more. So it, it, I'm getting there. I'll eventually watch it. So we can talk about like, you know, tips on how to lucid dream. You can go into the tips. Like I, lucid dreaming isn't something I was ever successful in forcing out. It sort of just Mm. happens to me. Um, So the most recent lucid dream I'd already talked about on the podcast is the one with the witches. And 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know how that came about. So I kind of, I kind of view lucid dreaming as like a treat for me. Like, if whatever yeah. wants to grant me a lucid dream, awesome. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna seek yeah. out for it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think just because I've already experienced it, I don't really care if I, I'm able to do it anymore. But I think with people who have not experienced that yet, I think it would be really mm-hmm. cool to try to do that. Um, but definitely, like number one dream journal keeping a dream journal writing down like um helps you like remember and like recall your dreams more easily and so you're better equipped to like differentiate the feeling of dreaming and the feeling of not dreaming yeah so so it helps you become more aware yeah that is like that's something that would help a lot and also kind of occasionally rereading your journals too because I remember when I kept the journal, I hadn't read it for a while. And like, there was this one dream. I'm just like, I don't even remember this. Another thing that you can do, they call it like reality testing. I never did this. So if you've watched Inception, it's kind of similar to like each person having like a totem to, you know, differentiate between reality and a dream. Um, so certain tricks that you could do is like, pinching your nose because apparently if you pinch your nose in a dream you can still breathe but you would still have to be aware enough to be able to do that like at that point if you're pinching your gotcha. nose oh, on purpose that point, if then you're, you're trying, already lucid yeah. dreaming yeah that is true yeah i don't know this is the the tips that i saw on google <laughs> my only tip from experience is just keeping the dream journal mm-hmm. um oh another thing okay so another tip that they said was reading so in a dream, when you look at a text and then you look away and then you look back at it again, it changes. Which reminds me of, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but I was so excited I had a baby dream. So it was the first time I ever had a dream of me birthing kids, but I birthed a pair of twins, one boy and one girl. And I was like so happy because in real life, like eventually when I do have kids, I want at least one boy and one girl. And in the dream, I remember I saw their names on a piece of paper and then I looked away and then I looked back and some of the letters were like jumbled up. But when I woke up and like wrote it down, like I was kind of able to pick out what it said. What were the names? Do you know? So, yes. So the female name was Corden, like C-O-R-D-I-N-N-E. And I think that was based off of Corin Ray Bailey, the singer. Oh, Corin or um, Cordin? Well, in the dream, it was Cordin. Oh, But I okay. think I was influenced from the singer. She sang, uh, put your records, records on. Records on. What a coinky-dink. I'm making an illustration inspired by that song. <laughs> oh, wait, really? Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this is fade. Wait, so did you feel what birthing was like no oh you didn't feel the pain like, or anything it just popped no, out it was just like plop here's a boy and here's a girl um but yeah so then i googled the interpretation on google and apparently when you have a dream of birthing kids something good is about to happen um i'm still kind of waiting for that good thing to happen because i don't think it's happened yet be, like, is it specifically because it's twins does that indicate good luck or if you just birth um, no, one I think child just kids I, I think it's kids in general maybe you'll Actually, have no. two two good news i hope so 
I want something good to happen. Oh, going off about like analysis, like I used to have a few dreams of my teeth falling out or just like walking yeah, around that is a naked. Dream. And so mm. both of those things indicate according to like dream analysis that you're insecure, which obviously <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't even know how to, how to begin to unpack like my craziest false awakening dreams, like the nested dreams. <laughs> So have you experienced sleep paralysis? Because I feel like the line between sleep paralysis and lucid dreaming is very thin. Um, that has definitely happened to me a few times in the past. It's been a really long time since that happened. And it's scary. I had one lucid but dream. But lucid dreaming, I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. one lucid dream, ex- lucid dreaming experience where, yeah, I was on a platform. I was on some sort of mission. And then all of a sudden my, my body felt like concrete and I couldn't move any further. And then like I was in and out of sleep because like I was going through sleep paralysis, but also I was like lucid dreaming. So it's like, I felt myself sinking into the platform of that train station, but then I woke up and I couldn't move my body. There are tests that have been done to prove that you are conscious while you're sleeping, though, because that's just us being able to survive. Like, we need to have that some sort of awareness even while we're sleeping. Did I ever tell you about that time, um, the the time my cousin slept, walked into my room? No. That's Okay, so even prior to this experience, I always lock my door already but after this experience i now have an extra (laughs) i now have an extra bolt on my door for extra security (laughs) i mean my my cousins moved out like but basically my cousin when he was living here he would sleepwalk and so one night i i just magically woke up to find that he his head was like popping up at the corner of my bed so basically, that- while he was sleepwalking, he was able to grab the key from the kitchen and then unlock my door. And then he was just watching me sleep. And he wasn't Wait, making... his eyes open? This is scaring me. <laughs> yeah, like, his eyes were in a daze. Like, I I didn't hear any noise. Like, he, there was no commotion to actually wake me up. It was more so, like, I felt the presence, right? And so, like, yeah. that's, that's why I woke up and was able to see him. Um, but yeah. then, like, I woke him up everything's fine he said he had no idea that was happening at all but yeah Yeah. it's kind of crazy like i feel like this is an experience where it kind of shows you that you do have some sort of like consciousness still even while you're sleeping because how else would i have been able to know to wake up at that time as he was staring at me you know that is so scary has he had any other incidents Oh, yeah, he used to sleepwalk all the time, but after that, he wasn't able to, like, get into my room or anything. But he would find yeah, himself, that's... like, waking up in our gym room. And then he said when he was back in Vietnam, I think he said he had woken up in a cemetery at one point. Yeah, so we would love to hear your crazy dreams, your lucid dreaming experiences. You can let us know. Leave a review, five stars. Let us know on Instagram at Lucid and Translation. We also have a YouTube and TikTok also at Lucid and Translation. Or you can even email us at lucidandtranslation at gmail.com. So we would love to hear from you guys. And thank you so much for listening to this episode and supporting us. We will see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.